Thursday's weekly weather. This is the weekly weather for uh, January 27th or 28th to February 4th. Woohoo! Off we go. Uh, I'm a Catholic, raised a Catholic, and they, they would have the Bible after Easter and all the different holidays. They would go, okay, it's a Sunday in ordinary times. So we have a week of ordinary times coming ahead. And so I want you, but it's got a lot of juice in it. So we're going to, we've got Uranus going forward. All of the outer planets are now heading forward full steam ahead. And we are really going to fly. So, but it is ordinary time. And we're going to see that Grand Trine and Earth really play out this week with a lot of change, adjustment, and forward motion. Remember, Uranus stationed. And so he's like ready to go. And when he stopped and turned direct, he now is shifting everything, and he's also fully funding Pluto in Aquarius. Now, Pluto in Aquarius just entered Aquarius for the second time, but he is answering to that lovely Uranus and Taurus that is just really juicy and ready to jump and scream and have a great time. So off we go. Let me share my uh, screen, and we'll take off. All right, and put on my glasses because I need them to see with. All right, so off we go. We're uh, working this week, January 28th, to um, get my pointer out. Uh, and basically, there's not a lot going on this week energetically. There's a lot of forward motion because all the planets are like, okay, let's go. But when I went to do the charts, I'm like, not a lot because it's the revving. It's the revving. You can kind of feel it picking up. And with Uranus turning to go direct, there was an eruption. Of course, if you had technology issues, I did a couple of things. Um, that's also Uranus. But also it helped us look at things and change the dialogue, change the conversation. And what you're going to find now that he's turned direct is everybody's feeling like they need to make decisions and take action. So the stuff we've been talking about doing we are now going to be like, okay, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And that forward motion is very strong. So when we look at the week ahead, um, we are, we don't have a new moon until uh, the seventh. So we're building towards the new moon, which means it's a waning phase. There was a full moon in Leo. Uh, and what that did was it said, okay, Let's shift direction. Let's go forward. Let's change where we are. Let's see things in a way we hadn't seen them. And then right after the full moon at 5 Leo, Aquarius with the sun next to Pluto, right then on Saturday the 27th, yesterday, we had the Uranus stationing direct at 19 Taurus. And so now it's like, okay, I'm ready to roll. So not a lot in, you can see, January uh, 29th. Sunday the 28th has a bunch of stuff, which we'll talk about, which we talked about last week, too. And then we go to February uh, 4th. And again, not a lot of stuff, just one aspect. So you're going to find this, this week feels like it's revving because of the action that happens on Saturday and Sunday. And then uh, the planets start to fly, and Mercury, of course, is going to go into Aquarius next Monday, a week from now, but it's still in Capricorn. So the planets are in Earth. Earth wants to get things done. There's a couple of grand trines in the sky. Grand trines make everything magnify, make everything bigger. So we're going to really notice the bigness or the amplification of things. But it's also back to basics. Earth does not move unless you move it. 
You have to dig earth. You have to pick up a shovel and move it. You have to lift the rock. You have to pick up the sand on the beach. Mutable earth is Virgo. Rocks, Capricorn. Earth, Taurus. You gotta use something physical to get it to move. So this week with them all in a triangle, the earth is gonna move because it's supporting itself, but there also are a lot of aspects that wanna pry it loose. So first up, on Sunday, we had Venus in a sextile to Saturn. So we can see Venus now here in Capricorn. And we also are having what's called a minor grand trine or a talent trine. Don't, call, don't say a small talent because people get insulted, as my friend Jacqueline Jane says. But that Venus sextiling the Saturn and Venus is also going to be coming to trine the Jupiter in Taurus. So you can see Earth trine water, they both sextile water, and earth and water make things happen. You know, air and fire talk about it, have ideas, have brilliance and communication, but earth and water do things. We also see the moon in Virgo up here going opposite our Saturn, and that forms a configuration called a broom where we can sweep things out you know, gently, you know, brooms are gentle, you kind of sweep things away and move them along, but they do move. And so as Venus in Capricorn comes to sextile Saturn, and then shortly thereafter sextile Jupiter, the moon is acting as the handle of the broom, encouraging us to take action, to get things moving, to move forward. Now, the moon has a closing aspect of an opposition to Neptune, because Pluto has left Capricorn. So now we're going to find with you know all the all the cardinal signs that we're arguing with Pluto. Now we're going to be oh, he changed into Aquarius. I don't have a reason to argue with him anymore. And they're going to have different outcomes. Virgo Moon has been cooperating with Pluto, the power, and now all of a sudden, it's not. We'll when we get into our world events, we'll talk a little bit about how that's showing up, because you're going to go wow. That's interesting, because there's a shift now. The power isn't in Capricorn anymore. It's in Aquarius, which is do your own thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to, right? That's a Pluto and Aquarius. Um, Pluto and Capricorn is you will follow my rules or else. And so now we're kind of in an interesting time because Pluto is in Aquarius until September. Next up, Mars squared the nodes. That happened on Sunday. So Mars is, Mars is coming forward and he's squaring the nodes. Saturday, Virgo squared the nodes, Mercury squared the nodes. So Mars square the nodes brings us important connections. And because Mars is exalted in Capricorn and he's, answer, he's in charge of the node of fate, he's saying, okay, let's get going. Now, when we have a planet square the nodes, we call it a situation called in the bends. And we look to see what they're trying to do. So in this case, Mars is between the south node in Libra and the north node in Aries, which means he's heading towards that north node. He's a little more inclined to do the north node stuff than the south node stuff. South node is where we stay in a place of attachment, where we say maybe sometimes a little addicted, we have a little trouble getting out of our own way. But with Mars is squaring the nodes and heading towards the north node in Aries, he's going to be, oh, let me take it. And so it's very important when you look at a planet in the bends to see which way they're going uh, because they're going to really cause 
you know, if they're going towards the south, no, they're, you know, they're leaning towards staying stuck. If they're going towards the north node, they're like, hey, I'm ready to get moving on. And of course, the north node is Aries. The natural ruler of that is Mars. Mars is exalted in Capricorn. Saturn's got this nice little dance going on with Venus and Jupiter. So you get the idea of Mars saying, hey, I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to go to this next chapter. Notice how much Earth there is in the sky all these earth planets. Air and water have a, and fire have representation, but it's really earthy. And so if you think of solid, reliable, dependable earth, action-oriented, because the nodes are cardinal, and Mars is cardinal, and Mercury's cardinal, we're going to really feel stuff wanting to, to take, take action. Venus is cardinal, too, in, in Capricorn. Next up, Mercury trines Uranus. That happens on Sunday, too. So Mercury in Capricorn, trines Uranus in Taurus, now moving direct. So we're seeing a conversation happening between the messenger and the god of change, the lord of change, Uranus. Now, Saturn is also a lord of change, but Mercury talking to Uranus really inspires us to say, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. And at the same time, on the day that that happens, the moon is in Virgo with a nice aspect. She finished her opposition to Saturn, and she's going towards an opposition to Neptune. And Mercury, Moon in Virgo is an interesting moon because it likes to solve problems. It likes to get things accomplished. It has a to-do list, which is great. Now, because Mercury's turning Uranus, the to-do list is very active. She's kind of like, I got all this stuff for you to do, Mercury, and she gives him a big shopping list. And he's like, okay, I'm good. And then he gets in the car with Mars, because they're traveling together right now, and they go meet Uranus, and they have a good time. So there's a gathering energy, or there's a pulling forward energy. And if you notice down here, uh, Juno, which is the planet of relationships and partnerships, is in Virgo retrograde, but in Virgo, answering to that Mercury Uranus trine. So there's an energy of flow, connection, how we get there, which is all really lovely for today. And of course, it activates this go, 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 let's go. Uh, we also have Venus, as I mentioned earlier, she trines Saturn in the morning, and then at the end of the day, she's trining uh, Jupiter, which is travel. So Venus trines Jupiter is travel, expansion. You know, I'm actually getting the podcast up early today. <laughs> Even, at, you know, I've been running Mondays, and I'm like, I, I like, have day off. I, well, I didn't have the day off. I did a lot of stuff. But I didn't see clients. So I'm like, oh, I can, I can do the podcast early. So the energy of Venus trining Jupiter and you guys going, oh, wow, she did the podcast early. Great. Maybe the whole week's going to go like this. And the answer is it is because everything's in flow. Things are wanting to flow forward and wanting to give it their best shot and go for it in that grand trine in Earth, uh, a big grand trine in Earth and a little grand trine in Earth uh, because the moon in Virgo was in a trine to Venus and Jupiter and then we have the bigger grand trine, meaning further out numbers, Uranus at 19, Juno at 20, Mars, Mercury at 18 and 19. So we have those energies working. And it's a little wide, but it, we have a kite with Neptune with the, the older Grand Trine, the bigger one, the one that's a little old, little wiser. Next up on Monday, we're going to have Mars trine Uranus. Now we had Mercury trine Uranus 
today, Sunday, but Mars trines Uranus. Now, Mars trines Uranus is usually unexpected changes. We still have the moon in Virgo at that point, and it's just gone void right as that happens. So I'm always cautious when we have an aspect when the moon goes void because we should look at it and go, nothing will really come of it. But something will happen, right, because the Mars trines the Uranus, but the moon has gone void just a few minutes before with its opposition to Neptune. So we're going to watch the news tomorrow uh, around 6.41 p.m. East Coast time, 3.41 West Coast, adjust for your time zone. But we're going we're gonna to see the Mercury trined it, so the news is there, but Mars came a little late to the party. So the moon is like, yeah, yeah, I know, but you didn't, you didn't get here in time. So somehow your ticket isn't getting punched. So that's going to be an interesting energy. So don't take it personally. Watch what happens with Mercury. Mars is, you know, has this trine once every two years to Uranus. And, you know, earlier in the year it was working with Uranus in other ways. But Uranus is maybe saying, Mars, I know you're ready to go, but I'm not yet. So, you know, just hang on. We're going to get there. Don't jump, don't jump the gun. But, but stay focused. Again, Mars is running the North Node. He was just making decisions. So the other planets want to be helpful. But remember, everybody always thought Mars was a little bit uncouth. You know, he just kind of did stuff and people went, oh, that Mars or oh, that Aries. Because, you know, he, he wanted what he wanted when he wanted it and just kind of pushed forward and said, I can have this. And everybody was like, oh, wait your turn in line. Right? And so that energy is very uh, strong in terms of how it works. Next up, Friday. That's the next aspect. Like I tell you, there's not a lot going on this week. But it's flowing. It's moving. It's quick. It's quick-paced. And it's trying to get things done and, and accomplish things. So on, on Friday, we're going to have Mercury in a sextile to Neptune. And then, of course, right behind it, we're going to have Mars coming to sextile Neptune. But Mercury is in a sextile to Neptune encouraging expansion and new ideas. It's a closing sextile, meaning it's distributing goods. I always compare, if you think of a life cycle of a dandelion, a closing sextile is when it's all the little seeds and you blow on it and everything flies away. So Mercury's disseminating information next Friday the 2nd and disseminating ideas and disseminating a way to move forward and we have Mars having moved in a, in a different direction, having its trine to Uranus, and now coming up to the sextile to Neptune. So Mars is a little soft. Uh, with Mercury and Neptune, we do want to watch drugs and alcohol. We do want to watch for things that are a little trickier, things that we kind of go, hmm. And, of course, there's no fire in the sky when that happens. The fire is disappearing. So we don't have any fire up there. So this Mercury sextile Neptune is earth and water, creative, but it doesn't have the passion and the vision quite hooked up yet. So kind of, you know, you're getting ready, you've got the idea, but you don't have the, mo the drive, the moxie, the ready to go, the vision of how it's actually going to be. And actually, I've been, when I've been doing readings with folks lately, I'm kind of like, well, you know, and they're kind of like, I feel like I'm on the precipice. I'm right at the, at the edge, but I don't have the clear vision yet. And I'm like, well, you know, Neptune's in Pisces for the whole summer, May, June, July, August, September. And so the vision happens, but it's sailboats. 
it's not motor engines. So sailboats, the Jimmy Buffett song, I was born a pirate 200 years too late. When we sail, we changed from sail to steam, right? And so we're in a sailing time this year. So we're going to sail, you know, and if you've ever been in a boat, it's really quiet in a sailboat. You know, as opposed to a motorboat, you're kind of like, you're aware of the engine, you're aware of the noise, you're not aware of the tranquility of the water in quite the same way you are in a sailboat. So this energy is a little bit of a sailboat. Mercury uh, in a sextile to Neptune. So the crisscross song comes to mind sailing, right? In terms of that energy of how do we, you know, how do we go on the float? How do we go on that energy of riding the vision, riding the dream when we don't have a vision yet. It's a little foggy, uh, a little foggy behind the scenes. Okay, that's it. Like I said, it's a short week. It's a little weird to have so few aspects, but I'm like, well, it's a week in ordinary times. You know, it was what popped in my head, you know, and it was after Easter and after Advent and after Christmas and after Lent. It's just a day in ordinary times, just a week in ordinary times. But it's a week in ordinary times where everything's changing. So honor the stuff that you're feeling needs to change in your own life and give that permission to unfold. Um, the sun this week goes from 9 Aquarius to 14 Aquarius. So it's zipping along. It does have some quintiles. So what quintiles are things that are easy. They're, they're, fifth, they're a fifth harmonic. You divide the circle by five, so they're degree of 72. And they're things that make things work well. So there's a quintile to strategy on the 30th. There's a quintile to anger on the 1st, to Eris, the goddess of discord. And there's a biquintile to Juno, the partnership energy on the 14th. And on the 14th, or on, on the 3rd, on the, on the 3rd, the sun is at 14 Aquarius on a world point. So the partnerships that are announced on February 3rd are going to be really important. So watch for those. Uh, Mercury this week is flipping along. He's going real fast. He goes from 19 cap to 29 and a half cap. That's fast. He has, of course, a few aspects because he's zipping, ahead, zipping along looking to catch up to the sun, which he's going to do in a little bit, but he's in Earth, and so he is making deals, he's shaking hands, he's coming up with concepts and ideas and things that he wants to put in place. Very good time to make contracts, to make deals, to work on things that you really want to commit to, and Mercury in Earth sign does want to commit, and with Saturn in a really nice aspect with Jupiter and Venus, they're really helpful too because they want to help Mercury get things done. It's kind of like, you know, when you're trying to move yourself or when you have four friends come over and help you. There's actually seven friends that are helping because we have that grand trine in Earth and then we have the minor, set, the minor grand trine and then we have Neptune, so somebody brought the beer. Uh, and we have a vision, you know. I remember when my friend Sharon moved into her new apartment, uh, we all went over and helped kind of break down a wall and it was kind of fun actually. We were like construction workers. <laughs> so we went over and we kind of tore stuff down because she was having things rebuilt and we kind of took a hammer to stuff. Um, 
And then, you know, we all sat around and had pizza and beer. So it was kind of like my construction worker day. <laughs> but it's this kind of energy. It's your construction worker day. What are you constructing with Mercury sextile Neptune? You got some kind of vision. And also, you know, I've got a few people that are doing home repairs this week or painting their house or having their bathroom remodeled. All definitely things that work really well with this Mercury um, and these lovely aspects. So Mercury is trying to Uranus, as we mentioned. It's also trying to Juno, the partnership planet, making that nice grand trine in Earth at the 19 and 20 degrees. It has a square to Eris, the goddess of discord, which is harsh words on February 1st. And then it has the sextile to Neptune and the sextile to Pallas Athena, which is, you know, coming up with a good strategy and having a vision for where it wants to go. So Mercury's in nice shape this week, working with water, helping get things accomplished, working with Earth, helping get things done. Venus this week is running from 6 to 14, Capricorn almost 15. And so she just has that little sextile to Saturn and the trine to Jupiter, and then she's kind of hanging out, letting everybody else do their thing. She also, on the third, has a quintile to Neptune. So that's kind of a, that's a nice day for a date or doing something new that you've always wanted to do. Mars this week, a little busy. Um, he is in Earth, his favorite sign. He's exalted in Capricorn, or one of his favorite signs. He has a few. And he's square the nodes on Sunday, making choices, moving towards your future, your fate. He's trying to Uranus, separating, changing in a nice way. It's not dramatic. It's like, okay, I think this needs to shift and change. He then has a trine to Juno. Again, a commitment to a new group, to a new party, to a new direction. And I do have a few people starting new jobs on this week, on Monday. You know, so it's a nice Virgo moon. It's got this nice grand trine. So, you know, it's a good day for jobs starting. And I have a couple friends that had surgery, and they're going to start doing rehab. So I'm like, all right, that's good Virgo moon for rehab and good good energy for getting that done. So Venus, so Mars is really action-oriented, wanting to get things accomplished. He does have a little bit of a homewrecker energy on February 2nd, where he can be in some kind of mood to get out of a situation physically. Not bad. And then Jupiter is not doing much this week, and nor is Saturn. He's Saturn has some stress energies around partnerships, but we already have been having that, uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, when he's in Pisces, you know, he suffers rather than change things. So because the stress energy is with a partner, he may say, you know, I don't want to suffer doing this anymore. I want to change it up. So if that's the case, that's the energy. Because he's, you know, Pisces, he can sometimes stay longer than he should. But he also has an energy of wanting to stay longer, right? Because you know, he feels he feels responsible. But he may, at the end of the week, feel like, you know, it's, this, is, this is just not good for me. All right, so this week, we have the moon in Virgo today, Sunday the 28th. We have the moon in Virgo the 29th, going void at 6.20 tomorrow night with a opposition to Neptune. We have Mercury going into Libra on the 30th. And the 31st, Venus and Capricorn in a nice position. And the moon goes void at 4.03 on Thursday with a square to Mercury. You know, so its communication is real strong. The moon is void all morning 
on the 1st, Thursday the 1st, and enters Scorpio at 3.37 p.m. She'll be in Scorpio 3.37. She'll be in Scorpio the uh, February 1st as of 3.37. She'll be in Scorpio on Groundhog Day the 2nd. Friday the 2nd, and then Friday, Saturday the 3rd, she's also in Scorpio, going void at 1024 with a sextile to Pluto. And then she enters Sagittarius bright and early in the morning on Sunday the 4th, and she's in Sag Sunday the 4th, the 5th, the 6th, going void at 1206 with a square. So nice closing aspects with the moon this, this month, or this week. And the moon Mercury square is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a friendly, it's not a hard aspect, it's kind of a friendly aspect. Not any particular tough days. If I'm going to give any day a little bit of extra patience, I would do it on Friday the 2nd because moon's in Scorpio a little more impatient and uh, not necessarily in her finest version, sometimes emotionally, but she doesn't have horrible aspects. And at the beginning of the week, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of adjustments on Tuesday the 30th um, because the moon's quincunx to Saturn and Jupiter in, Lib in Libra. But, you know, again, it's adjusting for what you want to do. And the moon in Libra is making a finger of God with Saturn and Jupiter. So it also is... Um, perhaps seeing things or knowing you're gonna, this is going to be the last time you see somebody. You know, that there's, there's some shifts and changes going on with that moon quincunx. So, that's the energy. And hopefully that gives you some idea how to work with the week. Now, i got a few emails from people. First up, promotional stuff. Uh, set your attentions for 2024. Available on my website. Sign up. Get the dates. Get the hot dates for the universe and you can plan stuff. Next, I'm working with Margaret Bright and Rachel Lang doing a three-day intensive on the 16th to the 18th of 2024, February. And it's going to be 13 classes with a live Q&A a week later. So if you can't make all the 13 classes, you can download it and, it, and then come to the Q&A. And then, it's, the part, it's part one. Then we're going to have two more classes in the spring and in the fall around sinistry and relationship stuff. If you're a reasonably comfortable astrologer, meaning you know the way around a chart, this is a good course because you're going to learn a lot of stuff. We have three very different approaches, but we're all very solid um, traditional astrologers, right? So um, we'll do synastry, we'll do composite, we'll do Davidson. And usually, you know, a lot of times when you learn astrology, you start on your friends and family. And when your clients come to see you, you know, I always say, you know, the church you want to look at. And, you know, we'll look at the kids. We'll look at the partner. We'll look at the business. You know, because everything you're in your life with, you have a relationship to. So this will help you if you read for clients. It'll also help you if you're just trying to understand how when this planet's on this planet, what does it mean? And, gee, it's not acting well. It's not well-behaved. So how do I make it better behaved, right? So I have this new cat, Roxy, who actually is Nancy Pelosi, 84 years later. And I have my old cat, Remo, who's 14 and a half, going to be 15 in April. They both were born like a day apart. 
14 years apart. And I was talking to Rachel, and she said she had a dog and a cat. And they didn't really like each other very much. But th that she played laser tag with them. And I'm like, okay, hmm. Now, both of them, and my cats, both have Aries suns and both have moon and Scorpios. So I thought, oh, they're going to get along. Sun, moon, sun, moon. Um, moon, 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 sun. But they, they aren't. <laughs> well, they are, but they aren't. You know, there's, we're working on our hierarchy issues, basically. And, of course, she's got Nancy Pelosi's chart, so she wants to be the Speaker of the House. And he is having none of it. So at any rate, I was, she said, well, what she does is she plays laser tag with the dog over here and the cat over here. And I thought, all right, I could try that. Not necessarily thinking about it, and also to make Roxy a little better behaved so she isn't cracking, making everything in the house a play toy, because that's what kittens do. But I need to play with her more. I'm grandma. He's grandpa, and we got this little kitten, right? She's, she's, a, she's the wild, grand, wild child. So I got some cat toys with, you know, you swing around and fly around. And I have, of course, the laser dot, because that's, that's a big hit in our house. So I started playing with, with her. Well, didn't Remo come in and start playing it, too? And they both were sitting on separate parts, and they were, like, competing, but not in a real competing way. Like, who? okay, who's got the worm? Because I was doing the flying worm. Flying birds, flying worms, you get the idea. And it's like this little wiggly thing. And so they were both like very engaged and very active and very happy. And then they took a nap. <laughs> and I thought, you know, this could work. So I applied relationship astrology, appealing to his Mars and Capricorn and her, or his Mars in Gemini, and her Mars in Cancer, right? So we're, we're working on it. And they both have to eat out of each other's bowls, and they both have to go in each other's litter boxes. That's the whole Mars thing. But it helped. So come and learn about relationships. It even applies to your cats. All right, I do a couple of stars, a daily update every week. Uh, every day of the week, where you get a, a, you get a list of aspects, you get a list of... Um, the uh, you get an audio of the day and a song that the day is inspired by. All right, now we're going to do a little abstract and astrology and event analysis. Somebody wrote and said, "Would I comment on Trump's de derangement?" Uh, and I thought, hmm. Well, you know, I haven't talked about him in a while. I used to study his chart a lot because he had a great chart: bankruptcies, wives, kids. You know, he was always doing something. You know, before he was the president. Um, but, so when we're looking at his chart, one of the things that we want to notice, because this is, this is a helpful thing, and today in the sky, we have, this week we have the Jupiter in a sextile to Saturn, right? So Jupiter and Saturn are in sextile. But Donald has Jupiter in Libra square to Saturn, right? So that's a hard aspect. And he also has Jupiter stopped. See the little S there? So, he's got a Jupiter-Saturn square. So that is, every good thing, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Because Jupiter hits first at 17, and then Saturn hits second at 23. Now this week we knew Venus is talking to both of them, right? So she's in orb. We know we had Mercury there. We had Mars go through that sextile in the sky. But Donald has a square. So he gets good news. And then he gets bad news. 
Notice Venus there in Cancer, right next to his Saturn. So the Venus Saturn Cancer is part of the thin-skinned. It's also part of the whining. You know, he whines a lot. I don't mean to be mean to my Saturn, uh, my Saturn and Cancer clients, but you know, look at the state of the Moon. He's got the Moon on the south node. He always feels like he's not getting what he's due. But that Jupiter Saturn square was very illustrated this week. First, we had the wind in. Um, the primary in New Hampshire, right? So this is the chart for the primary, 9 o'clock, uh, according to his chart. So we see here uh, the moon here, and at uh, 9 o'clock they called it for him, squaring the Mars, squaring the Jupiter, squaring the Athena, and then he got a little cranky because Nikki didn't quit, right? The woman continued to compete with him, Jupiter, square, Saturn. And then he has this Vesta here on the North Node on Uranus. So go home, Nikki. Don't stay. But also I'm moving forward. We also have the Uranus up here stopped, right? Because it stopped last week. It went direct on Saturday. And then we have Neptune on the Vesta. So that's, that's the energy. When people say to me, you know, what's going on with his brain? Dementia is two houses and the moon. So we see here the moon in the third house, all these planets in the third house. See the moon at the last degree of Libra, about to go into Scorpio in a week. So that makes that moon a little paranoid when it goes into Scorpio for two and a half years, 30 months, 3-0. It's been in Libra for the last 30 months. Here, the 12th house is also dementia because it's the undoing of the body, or the un and it, the sixth house is the body, the, seventh, the twelfth house is the mind. So we see there's some energy going on there, and we also note that he has Mercury in Cancer, which has been getting the trine from Saturn over here in the seventh. So people are commenting about it, where perhaps they hadn't before. And Saturn got to seven last spring, last summer, but now it's going forward. So this commenting thing is going to become more and more prominent as Saturn trines the Mercury. And we care about the Mercury because Donald is a Gemini born on an eclipse. And he has the Sun and the North Node in Uranus, which makes him a very good salesman, makes him very facile with his speech in terms of his communication planets. But also now as Uranus stations to go direct at 19 Taurus, it's behind the scenes of his son, right? So it's in the 12th house of his son, coming up to the midheaven. That's going to be mid-April, when Jupiter and Uranus meet up at the top. So there's an energy here of moving forward. Now, one of the things that happened was when he was younger, his mom had pretty bad dementia at an early age, and his father had very bad dementia. So it is an element of hereditary, uh, element hereditary. Um, not making a medical diagnosis here, but when people wrote, can you talk about the cognitive sense? We can see a lot of stuff going on in the 12th. We can see a lot of stuff in the 3rd. We see the moon about to shift. Uh, and when she shifts, we're going to really notice a change. That's in the next week or two. So, but we also see the good news. The Jupiter won the primary. And then on Friday, he lost the Eugene Carroll case around 4 o'clock. The jury came back with a verdict saying you got to pay her $83.5 million uh, for defaming her. Um, and so that was the Saturn-Venus aspect. 
and of course him being really mad at Nikki Haley that she won't quit. And if you donate to her, you can't get any money. I'm not, you're not a MAGA. So we see that as the, the Saturn, you know, we had the Jupiter hit, and then right behind it, we had Saturn show up with Venus with a little bit of a price, right? Now, because Jupiter is stopped in Libra, the sign of law, in law, lawsuits, we know that one, you know, he tries to stop and delay lawsuits. It's, you know, it's common knowledge about one of his things, and it trines the Uranus, and he's able to do that usually really, really well. Done it all his life. He's had 3,500 lawsuits. How many have you had? He had 3,500 lawsuits. I mean, I was in business for nine years, and then I've been now in business as an astrologer for 30 years, and I did maybe three, four clients I took to small claims court when I was running my computer business, and I won all of the cases. So I've had four in my 69 years. So, you know, how many lawsuits? It's not an easy thing to have. But anyway, we look at his chart and we go, okay, what's the story? We also notice his progressed ascendant has now gone into Scorpio, which is answering to his Mars in the first. So when that moon and all these Libra, these Libra planets aren't getting there right away, but when the moon goes into Scorpio, which is this next week, his Mars is going to kick up even more. I also turned on the solar arcs because we see here the Pluto and Aquarius on the series, you know, which is how we get things accomplished. And then we also see the Saturn over here on the south node in the open warrior, you know, in the open competitor house. The seventh house is your partners, but it's also your open enemies. And we see Neptune here on Vesta, the border. So also, that was about when the leak happened that he was calling Speaker Johnson and saying, don't, um, don't approve the border bill, right? And don't, don't, don't vote for the border bill because I want to run against it. But we also, because Uranus went direct, or was stopping, we actually had people breaking from him. We had Romney. We had a number of people stepping forward and saying, hey, you know, we're supposed to elect, we're supposed to work for the people. We're not supposed to do policy to help you win. Now, admittedly, Romney's leaving. But that one kind of hit a little wider than normal, you know. And when you're sitting complaining about the border on one hand, and then you're offered an opportunity to fix it with a coalition of Democrats and Republicans working together and you're told to not do it by your boss, Donald. So here we have Donald and we have Speaker Mike, uh, Mike Johnson, the Speaker. So we know we don't have the time for him, but we know his south node's on Donald's Pluto. And we know he wants to stay Speaker. And he knows that the reason Kevin McCarthy is not Speaker anymore is because Donald said kill him off. So he's got Pluto on the Neptune, he's got the Uranus here, uh, and he has a retrograde Uranus, Mike does. So now Uranus is direct. He got elected on a retrograde Uranus. Now Uranus is direct, and it's at 1819. So it's a quincunx. So when he says, hey, I'm not going to do it because the boss called and said don't, it's kind of like everybody went, whoa, 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 what do you mean? We got a border crisis. What do you, we got people, both sides, jumping up and down saying we need some help. You're not passing a multi-billion dollar bill that will give more judges, more law enforcement, more border patrol, more housing, more whatever. You're just not going to do it because he told you no. 
And of course, Mike has Saturn at the top of his chart. Stop. See the S there? Mike has a stop Saturn. So we'll watch as Uranus comes along to kind of play with Mike over the next few months. Because so you're doing his bidding. He's not the president. You're, you know, so anyway, that was part of it. Now, the other thing that I thought was very fun, um, because it's kind of one of those interesting stories so you may want to if you have little people uh, listening to the podcast you may want to um, uh, pause this part and listen a little later um, I was watching an interview with Robbie Kaplan who was the lawyer who rented who represented E. Jean Carroll in the de- in the 8.3 million definitions definitions defamation suit and she was uh, talking to a, a, a writer for the bulwark and she's done a lot of work. She does a lot of work in represent in legal arguments, and she's one of the ones that allowed gay people to get married. She's one of the people that argued that case in front of the Supreme Court. So she does pro bono work. She does work representing causes, and she it, it was a tax case, which was a couple was married, and the woman was was a lesbian couple that was married, and the woman was really hit with heavy duty taxes because of. Um, you know, the, the government didn't recognize uh, same-sex marriage because it was legal in New York, but wasn't recognized nationwide. So they, they did a tax case. Now, that's exactly what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did, where she had a guy, I think it was in Nebraska or something like that, or Kansas, where he was taking a caretaker credit for his mother, for caring for his mother, and the government tax people disallowed it and so she argued it that men can be caretakers and he should be able to get a tax credit it shouldn't be based on his sex and so now here she's arguing it years later that you know you if you're married you should be able to inherit your partner's money without having to pay outsized taxes because we have a marriage contract between us and regular straight people married don't have to pay the tax but gay people did so it was it was precedent-breaking so at any rate, she t- was talking about doing the depositions with, um, with Trump. And, he, and all his people went, okay, okay, let's turn everything off. Everything's off. Everything's off the record. Everything's off. No recording devices, right? And she was, you know, she noticed the urgency of it, right? And, and they were all off. And everything was figured. And Trump looked at her and he said, see you next Tuesday. And so she went, no, no we're not going to see each other next Tuesday. He goes, no see you next Tuesday. And so she went, all right, like, maybe he's a little confused. I don't know. So they get out the door and her assistant goes to her. You don't know what he was saying to you then, right? And she said, no, no, I, 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 and what? He said, see you next Tuesday. She goes, spell it out. C-U-N-T. And, you know, he called her the C word. So (laughs) she was like, so had I realized what he was doing, I would have been mad. But I, I had no clue that that's what he was calling me. But it did explain why he wanted it off the record. He wanted all the recording equipment shut down and turned off, right? And so when I heard that, I called my friend Joanne, uh, who is a wonderful, wonderful woman. And Joanne is um, a New Yorker uh, and born and raised in New York. And she was in Penn Station one day. And this guy, you know, was she was waiting for the train. You stand there watching the, the ball, and this guy walked into her. And she turned around. She went, hey, 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 watch where you're going. And he called her the C word. <laughs> and she said, what? And he said, you're a 
And she went, and she turned to him and she said, the reason you are here is because of the C word. The reason that you exist. Every person in this train station is here because of the C word. So know it and love the C word. And the guy's like backing away like, okay, okay, okay. And I wish I could do the real word, but I, you know, I'm proud of my audience. At any rate, this guy next to her is laughing hysterically, and he goes, I can't wait to get home and tell my wife. So when I heard that Donald said, see you next Tuesday to Robbie Kaplan, I was like, oh, my God, I have to call Joanne and tell her. So that's your, that's your fun, amusing story for the week, and hopefully that gives you a laugh and some opportunity to go forth. And remember, it's all about attitude. <laughs> and remember the reason all of us are here on Earth is because we came out of the C word. And that, my friends, is the end of the podcast. So have a great day, a great week, and enjoy. Bye.